What's up? What's up? What is up? It's another Friday, another opportunity to get together and record the Ball Hog Sports Talk. The experience that is the Ball Hog Sports Talk, the whole crew is in the building today. So we're going to have us a good old time. We're going to make sure that we do what we do and do it the way that we do it, which is rough, rugged, and raw. If you have never been a part of the experience that is the Ball Hog Sports Talk, let me tell you what it's about. It's where sports, business, and entertainment collide. That's right, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. A few businessmen get together to discuss sports in an entertaining fashion. Uh, the whole crew is in the building. That was a good time. Today's episode is going by the title of Add Insult to Injury. It'll make sense to you here in a minute. Just stay tuned. Get you a nice, large cup of coffee, and uh, we're going to hop right in. Um, make sure that you fashion your seatbelt. Make sure that you are ready for some uh, a bumpy ride because it's going to be entertaining. And with that, no further ado, boys and girls, Dogs and frogs, cats and rats, let's go. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke, because this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hog, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports, business, and entertainment collide. And we're going to give it to you rough, rugged, and raw. So come get you a spoonful, like some grits with butter and salt. You know how we do it in the South, y'all. Make sure you do not get caught in your feelings. Strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride. Come on, let's go, go, go. Yeah, you know what it is. When you hear the word let's go, that means that we are absolutely about to get in. Um, before we get in, I want to make sure I make the proper introduction and say hello to everybody from the mid-coast, the coast that is an hour behind. Middle coast. Middle Come coast. On, man. I keep messing that up. The middle on, coast, man. which I think is a defined term created by you, but I'm going to go with it. Not the, middle, the, Bible. <laughs> the middle coast that is an hour behind or an hour ahead, depending on how you look at the world. The man, the myth, the legend, who, who he who shall be intergalactically known, intergalactically respected as the Big Flow Show. What's up, my bro? That was good, America. I haven't talked to America in a week or so, man. I miss y'all. Had stuff to do last week, but I'm back, man. I got a lot to say. I got a lot on my mind, man. So we're gonna talk today. He back, you know what I mean? Like he never, ever left all the big flow shows mm -hmm. in the building. And you know who else we got? The man, the myth, the legend who's on the East Coast, the, on the right time, as I shall say. Uh, Mr. Beantown, the man who represents Boston, all that he does, how he represents himself. It's a real tough uh, intellectual, and there's some positive things about Boston, and we have somebody that represents all of those positive things, none other than uh, the man, the myth, the legend, ETP Elster, producer. How are you, my brother? Good. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, just happy to be here and happy for everybody that's here listening. I, we don't say it enough or we say it, we say it, but we can always remind her. Thank you for listening and really just appreciate we, we're here every week and I'm happy that you are, too. Yo, respect. Matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and double down on that uh, and thank everybody for being a part of the journey, man. Um, we started off radio, then we went to basically uh, just a, 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 a mobile phone. That was an interesting era. And then we moved to a new platform and 
We then moved and got into the podcast space in addition to YouTube Live and obviously Facebook Live. And um, I say all that to say, man, we couldn't have done it without you all. And is it where we wanted to be? Not yet. But is it significantly further than where it was? Absolutely. Are we much closer to where we should be? Absolutely. And do we depend on each and every one of you to take that progress? Absolutely. So appreciate you saying the ETP. Now that I have given you your credit, now that I have made sure that we uh, paid respect to those who make this possible, uh, now that I have done those things, I ask, please like, please comment, please share, please tag a friend, please tag a foe. Please, please tag anybody that you know, and please subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast. All right, now that we got all that out the way, um, this is going to be an interesting show, man, because you see the title, and I'm trying to share it with people now. I'm trying to do my job and share it. You see the title. The title is Add Insult to Injury, mm. and I have to sort of, you know, I ain't the smartest man in the world. Right. And in South Florida, they all got all of these sayings across America. And because of our southern drawl, because of the fact that we are a peninsula and we are in our minds insulated from the rest of whatever is going on in the South. We some city boys that got some country in us in South Florida. Because of all of that, I don't know about all of the sayings across America. But this one saying I kept hearing add insult to injury. So I had to look it up. And when I looked it up. Uh, it tells me that it is that saying means that you are acting in a way that makes a bad or displeasing situation worse, worse which means you're adding insult to injury. You are acting in a way that makes a bad or displeasing situation worse. That's called adding insult to injury. So I always thought it was like you insult the injury. So like I stubbed my ugly toe. <laughs> well, stubbing my toe was the injury, and I calling it ugly was an insult to it. That's not insult to injury. No, that's, that's that that's might be the middle coast version. That's you do it in Chicago. It literally insult, ins, insulting insult your injury. injury. <laughs> I, gotta, I stubbed my ugly toe. <laughs> no, okay. No, that's not quite how that. That's works. the English language for you. Nothing makes sense to me. Yeah, nothing at all since these days. I was more of a math guy. <laughs> what we're going to do is the, 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 the Webster Dictionary or Merriam Dictionary version of it, not the Chicago Southside version of it. And Somebody asked explain to me why that's why I'm wrong and why I'm not the only one that's right. I need somebody to explain that. In this show, we're going to come back to that. Change the term. Chi-town. But we're going to take the conventional traditional use of it, the one that I didn't ever appreciate, and we're going to apply it to sports business entertainment. And no better way, no better way to start this show than a visual depiction of adding insult to injury. That's right. Breaking news right here in the Ball Hog Sports Talk Den Lion, the, uh, or Lion Den, or whatever you want to say it. But we're gonna they lined in. In the den. <laughs> say different in Florida. The den line. Everything's different, man. We try. <laughs> but in this den, breaking news, we are gonna show you a visual depiction, an actual artistic performance that happened in real life. That is the embodiment of adding insult to injury. As I say, if adding insult to injury was a person, there you go. 
<laughs> uh, ETP, if you shall, my friend, let them see. Teenage wrestler has been cited after he sucker punched an opponent this following a match. A warning now that the video you're about to see here may be a little bit difficult to watch. It all happened on April the 8th at Oak Park River Forest High School. Take a look right here. That's 14-year-old Cooper Quarter getting punched right in the face. Now, we blurred his face at the family's request. Oak Park police say that's River ABC Forest News. High School. Take a look right here. That's 14-year-old Cooper oh. Quarter getting punched right in the face. Now, we blurred his face at the family's request. Oak Park police say the other teen, who's also 14, has been cited with assault under a local ordinance. Teenage Shout wrestler has ABC been... News. Shout out to ABC News for giving that to us since they didn't show their logo in there. ABC 7. Yeah, we saw ABC the logo. ABC 7 News in Chicago. I didn't see. I just want to make sure. See yeah, don't, don't come get us. Don't come, look at, don't come yeah. for us. ABC you know, 7. What you say as a coach... That. ABC Seven Chicago. That's what it is. Hopefully, yes. That's ABC Seven Chicago. You know, yeah. I will say that kid's from a real moist high school. I'm not nobody tough. Moist. Hold on. on. Is that moist. another defined term? What's moist. Moist. Moist is something that's not tough. No man wants to be moist, <laughs> right? That's not tough. That's a real moist <laughs> high school. I don't know where. I don't like to dog the 14 year old, but you know what they say as a coach? Where was all that fight during the match? Yeah, huh? so you want to swing on the dude now? Where was all that toughness during the match? Let's all make sure we're we tough give them, let's let's make sure we give them a little bit of context. Uh, first of all, uh, what's up, my man Andre Compton? Uh, Crump in the building, Notre Dame's finest. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And you know, we want y'all to comment, man. So y'all weigh in. You see a high school wrestler, a little bit of background, high school wrestler loses. And it looked like a good match. I, I watched the match. It was a good match. It was a hard-fought match, uh, pun intended. And then as they are going through the customary handshake line, the version that is not a line, but just two people, the handshake customary at the end of the wrestling match, the person who is in defeat, the one without his hand up, sets him up with the, go the good old 52 car <laughs> fake-out. He gives him the handshake. And when the other guy, the victor, looks down at that hand to make sure that his handshake is a firm handshake, he wants to give him respect, he get hit with one of them old Joe Sausage Head <laughs> sucker punches. And so with that backdrop and knowing that this teenager, they blurred out his face because they're teenagers, has been cited with what they cited with, whatever they cited him with. Assault. Moisture. <laughs> Moisture, moisture, <laughs> bitch assness is what they <laughs> is what I think is the technical term. The law. Uh, <laughs> what uh, you doing? But, I shouldn't call a fourteen year old that, but you know, come on, man. Hey, man. Hey, you gotta raise the kids right. He added insult to injury. There was already injury, a bad situation. Let's go back to Miriam uh, definition. Act in a way that makes a bad or displeasing situation worse. You just lost. You just took the L. You just unfortunately came up on the wrong end of the wrestling match, a bad or displeasing situation. And now you didn't knock this man out with a sucker punch and, and a sucker punch and made it significantly worse. That is a visual depiction of adding insult to injury. And what we call it, moistness, whatever we call it. Moistness. Moistness. <laughs> that level of moistness. Visual moistness. Visual moistness <laughs> is the beginning of this show. Oh, because man. we have seen a lot of 
insult added to injury in sports business and entertainment this week and how dare we not bring it to the front of the congregation how dare we not talk about it and we're going to start talking about it as it pertains to the nba playoffs because there's been a lot of injury and there has been a lot of insult so last night in another example of adding insult to injury we got to see those brooklyn nets play the 76 now the brooklyn nets are officially down 3-0 uh, the Brooklyn Nets have talked a lot of trash. Spencer Dinwiddie, it, somehow, some way, got hair on his chest. He didn't became Anthony Mason overnight. He talking trash. But it is pretty apparent that Brooklyn got to this point and got this seed largely based on some players that are no longer there. That Brooklyn Nets team is now down with 3-0. Uh, but there was a, 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 a sequence of events in the game that included two high-profile players. One was Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, after being dunked on and walked over, which has become the uh, go-to sign of disrespect. <laughs> the customary actions after a dunking that throws you to the ground. <laughs> Joel Embiid tries to kick that man. He tries to kick them in a, a in a place where the solar if, plexus. It, what do they call them? The solar plexus. That's what they solar call it in wrestling. The solar plexus. <laughs> he tried to kick that man <laughs> where the sun traditionally don't shine. Unless you on nudist beaches, the sun don't shine. Man. He man, tried to kick that man in a place that houses his future, the future generation of his family. He tried, he tried to, to, kick to bring that man. light to the situation. <laughs> <laughs> so to speak. So to speak. <laughs> Depending on where it happens. We go down at. <laughs> but he tried to kick that man in, in, in a really special place. And yet, Joel and B did not get as much as a flagrant two foul. Joel and B did not get ejected. Joel and B is not now facing suspension. And he tried to kick the man in a special place. Now, some might see the same video and say he just tried to kick him. It wasn't in a special place. Am I overreacting or on the heels of, which we will get to, this Draymond Green, um, he got kicked out. He got suspended on the heels of this Draymond Green. It's a bonus issue. I thought for sure uh, Joel B was next in line to get ejected from the game, and yet he was not. So, I, I, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm going to go to both of y'all. Y'all tell me, what it, what is it? I'll start with you on this with ETP. As you see Joel and B on the ground after being uh, emasculated, if you will, after being dunked on. And now he then tries to emasculate somebody else by kicking him. And you know what? What say you? Am I overreacting that the NBA has to figure out a more standardized way of approaching these situations? Because I don't see much of a difference. There's a man on the ground that causes some physical pause that causes some physical uh, confrontation. Same thing happened when it came to Draymond Green and Sabonis. But this particular time, not only do they not eject him, he's absolutely not going to then be facing a, a, a suspension, and the 76ers can continue in their playoff run. Am I overreacting that the NBA got to figure out a standard way to figure this out? I'll go to you, ETP, first. I think you're overreacting. I don't think there's really anything that happened. I mean, 
he stepped over him. That's clearly disrespect. And Embiid and Embiid didn't. I mean, it's been it's since Allen Iverson did it. It's been a very clear sign of what disrespect is in the in the NBA in yeah. an acceptable you know an acceptable way or to be very you know without physical confrontation. So I think there's an overreacting because it's not. I don't think that there was any intention to injure anybody. There clearly was an excessive force used in regards to you know him kicking at. Uh, Claxton while he's standing above him I think it was just more to check him to be like you know you can't you can't walk over me I'm not gonna allow that but I don't think it's something where the I wouldn't compare it anywhere near what you know Draymond Green did and we can talk about that but flagrant one that's fine and I don't think anybody needs to be ejected maybe you could have given him a technical instead but part of the game I don't think there's anything that's putting anybody's life in danger. Although the way he flopped after he got kicked, you would think that his, uh, he was on his way to the ICU, but I didn't see anything really exceedingly You think Nick wrong. Claxton deserves an Academy Award? For Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, hop on in there, Big Flo Show. Absolutely. I think, here's the thing. Joel Embiid grew up as a soccer player, right? Uh Claxton explodes his nether regions to him completely. If he really wanted to kick him there, he would have, right? It wasn't like it was hard. It was a slow step. It wasn't like he was moving fast. So he could have got him had he wanted to get him. He ain't wanted to get him. I think he just wanted to trip him up. You know, he had too much swag in his step as he stepped over. He just took a little bit of the swag away. I have to give Claxton props for the fact that he had a trigger. As soon as he touched his leg, it's like he got shot in a movie. Like they had planned this. <laughs> he fell out so hard. Like I thought he was he couldn't play anymore the way he acted. But I feel I was like I was happy to see him get the tech. And I don't think there should have been any ejection there. I do think you got to look at some of these things and like look at the enormity of it. If you take him out, was that in the first quarter? I think it was the first it was quarter. Early. I don't yeah, know. It was early. You can't you can't eject this man in the first quarter. He's the, he's the hardest soul of this team and just changed the whole thing. Um, I don't think he's got a history for it. I do think that. People should, should that play should that play into it because that, that we're gonna it, it kind of does game. man it kind of does your history has to play into it it's like you know I mean because okay do you give me the benefit of the doubt that I wasn't trying to kick him there if I've never done that before I've never done anything dirty before ever I'm I'm I'm, I'm thought of a classy dude all of a sudden I did that I just think you know because the fact of the matter is he didn't hit him there so now it's did he intend to so do you give me the benefit of the doubt that I didn't intend to kick him and I missed or I tended to kick him and I missed, or I never intended to hit him there in the first place. I think you got to look at history for that. Got it. Um, but in the same game, right, you have James Harden, who also doesn't have a history of dirty plays. You say a lot about James Harden. You can talk about his work ethic. You can talk about him being a cancer in the locker room. You can talk about James Harden looking out for James yeah. Harden when it comes to what team he's on and what his contract looks like. I, I would – I'd have to listen to those conversations, but I haven't heard a, a valid conversation that would include dirty play as it pertains to James Harden. James Harden gets ejected last night. And again, we're talking about adding insult to injury. The injury apparently was when he went to go to the basket. It looked like a, a common play. He was a triple threat. And he goes to try to dribble to the basket. 
Uh, unfortunately, somehow, some way, there's contact with, I think it was with, was it uh, uh, Royce? It was with somebody. And that contact is considered a problem. And he's ejected because there is contact with the same region of the body that we talked about when it pertained to Joel Embiid and Nick Claxton. Uh, Royce gets hit down below where the sun don't shine and James Harden is ejected. I don't think James Harden should get ejected either, but if you had to, if you have to compare the two, his is definitely a little worse because the fact of the matter is Embiid only kicks up because the guy decides to walk over him. Right. So it's like, if you walk up on me and I push you, I only pushed you because you walked up on me. Like, I didn't chase you down. There's a difference. Royce O'Neal. I couldn't think of his last name. Royce O'Neal. Sorry. I don't think uh, – I just – I would have called it just a common foul. First of all, he, that was another acting – shout out to the acting coach over there because um, <laughs> I think they're doing some good stuff. He ain't really hit him like he said, but he's you, – he You're telling me they got a they got a, a, a skills coach, a shooting coach, and an acting <laughs> coach. coach. They, brought in, they brought in one of them soccer dudes and said, man, we need to shoot these guys how to flop and really shout act out like they're to dead. The acting coach. Shout out to the acting coach over there. But, I mean, he's, he's doing that sweeping <laughs> movement that he does, and he just – Follows through. He's not looking. He just like the guys behind him. You know, I don't think he hit him in the exact spot either. I think he kind of caught him inside of the leg. But I think I think he's just trying to pull away and like push off. I think it's a common foul, personally. But um, don't push up the marks on there. Hey, uh, what up, my man? True food, George. Cheeky, cheeky, black and true food, George. Stay tuned because we got boxing conversation coming up. But cut, cut in, off, man. In, in 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 this case, oh, you don't like that? He talked LeBron, LaFlop. Well, in this case, though, I, I have to agree with you, man. ETP, what do you say on this? We see in two incidents in the exact same game, two high-profile players that the 76ers are relying on heavily in order to run their offense, in order to win playoff games, one of which they decide was a flagrant one after his kick. And, and maybe it was because Claxton did get a tech for walking over him. In the other situation, Royce O'Neal is just playing defense and get hits in his gets hit in his private part. Seem inadvertent, but in this case, same referee crew, same exact situation, same two teams, and one of the high-profile players that 76ers are relying on gets ejected. It just seems to be so – I don't want to call it objective at all. And I don't want to call it subjective because it seems like they're cheating, but it it seems to be a sliding scale. And I don't know how, as a player, you determine where the line is drawn if the scale is always sliding. Does that make sense? I throw it to you, ETP. It just seems in the same game that those two situations don't make sense to happen in the same game. What say you? you? You're on mute, ETP. I mean, I don't think – I think the issue out of all of it is that Harden got ejected. It's it's relatively incidental contact. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe you can call a flagrant foul of some sort, but to eject somebody on a basketball move because they essentially hit somebody in their groin isn't really something that warrants an ejection or even an elevated, you know, penalty. So – I think that's more the issue. The Embiid situation is fine. I mean, obviously, 
there's no it's always the second guy right that's that's what we always talk about somebody hits you hides their hand and then you get you know penalized for the second you know the reaction or the response that was handled totally you know within the bounds and expectations of the game Harden getting ejected I think was just heavy-handed and I think you know they were just trying to maintain a level of control that I think didn't necessarily need to be maintained. Oh, heavy-handed. <laughs> oh, my bad. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, maybe too heavy-handed uh, in the sense that, that like, that could have changed the game. It really could have changed the game. And in the playoffs, like, every game matters. And that brings me to sort of – well, let's do this first. Let's talk about last night's games. And I want to make sure I at least acknowledge that there was another game. Um, the Phoenix Suns were triumphant over the L.A. Clippers. So that game in this episode of adding insult to injury, it was less about the insult and more about the injury. We know Paul George is out. But last night, after two games of brilliance, one in a victory, one in a, in, in, in a loss, but last night Kawhi Leonard – does not play because of knee soreness. And we start off the show with the Big Flow Show introducing us to this defined term of moistness. There's now this question about whether or not these players, are you hurt or are you injured? And it would it would it would be tough to really digest that you're 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 injured because you just played in game one and game two. And so when then you hear the description being knee soreness. It just sounds like a version of, yo, hurt. And for generations, players have been expected, if not in the regular season, because I think they have now uh, gotten us to a point that they have normalized load management. We just have to accept that it's going to happen. But in the playoffs, there's no way that you would think that there's any form of load management. You're going to go out there and do what you need to do in order to win. Now, I'm we're going to at least analyze. I'm not going to critique. I'm going to analyze the situation when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. But I want to acknowledge Kawhi Leonard's also the same man that in Toronto almost single-handedly won a championship on the heels of being sort of excommunicated from San Antonio. So shout out to him. I don't want to question his toughness. But there is this broader question that is not specific to Kawhi Leonard. That is more about this generation of NBA, about just this generation of players, about whether or not moistness, as the Big Flow Show has now coined, whether or not it is a display of moistness that in the playoffs you have to sit a game out, knowing that your Batman or Robin, whoever you want to call Batman and Robin with Kawhi Leonard and PG, knowing that your other superhero can't play. It just seems tough if I'm a Clippers fan to accept that Kawhi Leonard is out because of knee soreness. Ethan, we all throw it to you. Am I over? Go, go ahead, Big Flow Show. I'm sorry. I said at least pick a better adjective. Soreness? Like, I'm sore now. I'm still talking, right? My back hurts. You know, my knees hurt. I'm old. But don't use soreness. Say, like, sharp, like, debilitating pain. Describe, you, have the, you have the choice of words. Because then you come back the next week, you say, man, this dude came back from sharp, debilitating pain. And he came back and played. Now we think he's tough. Look at this dude from the hockey, the Mr. Man with the blade, whatever. He's That's tough. That's tough. I'm sore. Ah, I go, I go to the gym and get sore on purpose. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Come on, man. Come on. 
ETP, tell me that we are wrong. Let us know that somehow you saw we're ETP? wrong. Are you sore today? You haven't <laughs> saw this? You show you managed to show up. So you so Ka- Kawhi <laughs> But I think Kawhi Lynn is one of the toughest players in the NBA. I'm gonna go out there and say, yes, he does have low management, and I that's just a part of this generation. But when he's out there on the court, he defends the best players, he's always a part of the biggest shots, and he gives you a chance to win. And you don't believe me? Just look at game one. There's no way without Paul George that the L.A. Clippers should be beating this particular Phoenix Suns, and yet they do because of a Kawhi Leonard and his ability to defend and play. So he's considered a tough guy in my mind. But but this tough guy in this era, in these playoffs, sits a night out in a pivotal game three. The series is tied 1-1, and you sit out because of moistness. I'm sorry. Because of knee soreness, tough. E-T-P. You can't say defense is tough. I'm sorry, but I mean, AD played monster defense game one. Have you ever tried to describe him as tough? I, I mean, you got it's got to be habitual. It's got to be night in, night out. I'm just saying, you can't just say because a guy plays great defense that he's tough. AD played monstrous defense no, in game I, one. I, I would. Use we that all as know. One of the we examples. all know that you, if you put a paper towel on him, it's going to come back wet. I would use that as one of the <laughs> no. examples of, of why I would describe Kawhi Leonard as tough. Okay. Kawhi Leonard is is I think one of the tougher NBA players when he plays. Now that qualification of when he plays has eroded some of my ability to say he's tough because when he plays, that number has significantly. <laughs> Been reduced over the years, but went on the court. ATP, am I wrong? Is Big Flow Show wrong? Is there something that I'm missing with a guy sitting out game three because of knee soreness that is more protecting the product on the court? From a business standpoint, is there a business argument for why Kawhi Leonard would sit out? Because if not, it just seems that that's an insult that someone would take off for what the big flow show is describing as you know a, a, a chronic back injury or describing as you know my bunion hurt today in the midst of an nba championship run in the game that is most pivotal in a series game three knee soreness make it plain for me etp yeah i mean you're you're asking a question on the heels of saying that he's the toughest person in the nba which i'm super confused about fine top five but that being said it doesn't make i mean i don't know the extent of his injury obviously injuries have plagued him for the good majority of his career at this point the way he's been playing, I can't imagine that he sat out because he couldn't play. I mean, because he just decided he didn't want to play. I don't know why, but you know, ultimately you have to believe that there's a justification for him sitting out and not playing the game. But I would take a 50% Kawhi Leonard over most other players in the league, given you know his level of performance. So I don't think I don't know if I'd say he's the I don't even know how we get to the conversation of where Kawhi Leonard lands on toughness just because he's had a ton of injuries. We don't know the extent of them. I've never seen him play through injury. I've never seen. I mean, like an example, like, you know, Rajon Rondo dislocated his elbow in the playoffs, came back and played with one arm and, and they won the game. And so. 
like Look. examples like that about toughness. Like I've never seen Kawhi Leonard muscle through or power through any injuries. I've seen him come and play and be extremely effective and more times than not, not even step on the court. So, well, here, I'll say this and I'll explain what I meant by toughness. I mean, between the lines, when he plays and I do think that he's one of the best players on both sides of the floor, offensively and defensively. I do think that he is selfless in the sense that he figures out ways to win and makes his teammates better. I do think that he is a type of uh, wing player that you can rely on to get rebounds. You can rely on to play anybody from the one to the four. You can rely on for switch outs. You can rely on to make a big basket. So that's what I meant by toughness. Now, I had to add to that when he plays, right? Because as our research team has told us, I appreciate that. He's been in the league since 2011, only played in 628 games in his career, which means in his career, Kawhi Leonard has missed 601 games due to injury. And that looks like a balancing scale just as many he plays and he misses. Um, and I will say this. Just like I have always defended Floyd Money Mayweather and his decisions and who he fought. And some people say he's weak, he's soft because he won't fight the best. I defended that as that man is a smart businessman. And he navigated a... 50 and 0 record because of his business acumen. I would also say that Kawhi Leonard and his camp does play the business part of this sports business entertainment just as aggressive as they do the on the court stuff. So some of that 50 50, he's still preserving his career. And that's what this whole load management era is about. And he's playing it, to me, the best of the people who were playing it. But as a fan, as a, as a consumer of the game, as someone who wants to opine on what we saw last night, I struggle with defending that decision in a game three, in a pivotal, pivotal game three, when he had been playing so well and his play was translating into their success. So, um, so so where's I'm you're saying he's a tough negotiator? Well, I'm trying to understand what you the toughness that you're talking champ. about. <laughs> you just say he you just said he ducks fights based on your analogies. He ducks fights so that <laughs> because he's preserving himself. He I don't think he's ever had a cast or a surgery, but he's missed half the games. I don't understand how that's tough. When he one of the toughest, plays. not just how it's tough. You can't say that. Yeah, when he plays, he's one of the best players, but what about I'm just so confused about this toughness. How is he tougher than Anthony Davis? How is he tougher on the court than Anthony Davis? Stop saying that. You're toughness saying a better a... player, like tough. What is what when do you Anthony even Davis mean by plays, tough? He's he's a monster. He just... I don't think Anthony Davis is a monster at all on the court. I think Anthony Davis can score. I think Kawhi Anthony... Leonard can do anything and everything his his team needs him to do. He's a better passer. He's a better scorer. Do you he's think that they have they share a time? significantly shorter he's a better rebounder so i i mean on the court toughness that's what i meant on the court between those lines that dude plays the game the way it's supposed to be played and to maybe maybe and now y'all got me defending the indefensible maybe that's why he takes so many games off because he feels as though if he can't reach that level of intensity on the court then he's not himself maybe 
I think it's more so because it's, of a business. So now wouldn't that be contradictory not, to the idea of tough? Now you just said he's tough? a front runner. Now you just called him a front runner. <laughs> I ain't called him a front runner. I say wouldn't he's a that be man. contradictory to the idea of tough if he's like, I can't be 1,000%. I'm not going to step on the court. Not, I'm going to work through this pain. I'm going to put, you know, put everything on the line for my team. Like, it, this doesn't, I'm not following the logic. Hey, y'all better than said for all the players. Yeah, just, because while we're looking at Kawhi's numbers, I will guarantee you that if we went down those numbers, how many games you played versus how many you didn't play, for damn near 90% of the players that you would consider stars or superstars or however you want to define it in the league right now, there would be a very, very similar ratio to games they play to the games they don't play. That's what load management is. Load management is that. I mean, the tough. If we're gonna talk about the toughest player in the league, it's Giannis. Giannis is out for a back injury right now, but he also like almost dislocated his knee last series, last season. Ooh. Came right back, or two seasons ago, came right back and played right the next there game. And played. Kawhi would have been traded. He would have asked to be traded if that happened to his knee. Hey man, well. Giannis doesn't as, it, as it stands, but Giannis came through a lot, man. He didn't grow up like everybody else. <laughs> you know, he had to get here to the other country and stuff. You never know what's going on. All right, so y'all, y'all don't believe in my 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 yeah. toughest description of him, but I think on you're the court, a he's a tough As Andre said, you're Capricorn, a capologist. He says if you're a rapper, your name would be Capadonna. Because you're just telling lies today. That's I'm not the, telling lies on the court. Just, on the court. Stop the cap. On the court. Stop. Find me another player that's tougher. On the court. I just told you. I, I disagree named with you on few. the court. You don't, I think you Giannis don't disagree is one of the though. biggest floppers that we see on the court. I think Giannis is very selective in when he wants to play defense. I think Giannis, in addition to those things, I think Giannis is a liability at times when there's any form of a switch defensively because he doesn't play as tough as you would want him to against some certain zone. So how, I mean, I don't know how we went totally left, but Kawhi is the toughest Player I didn't league, say he's the toughest but, player, but you, Kawhi you, you is You have not, now, you have now reframed what I said. And okay, Kawhi is time. top five toughest players. I say but, he's one of the toughest players, but is not playing with soreness. Like I don't under, I don't. How are you con- connecting the two? Like Here, first of all, I'll say this. So, okay, great. When he plays, he's the he's. Let's assume that That's you're right. He's the toughest player. What does that have to do with the fact that he didn't play Game Three of a pitiful, pivotal series in the playoffs? Like. I, I will that 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 he's not that he's that he's not missing the game. So where does I gotta ask where does Zion Williams uh where does he rank with you? On the court? Not I very mean, high. Huh? Not top very of the high. food chain, toughness on the court, top of the food chain, but he's off the court too often. I wouldn't but say he's top of the food chain on the court he either. He plays like a linebacker. Are you kidding because me? Because he can score? Because he will bully the ball out of you, dunk on your face, take the foul, dunk All on right, you. All right, so here I'm gonna take two steps back. I'm going to let you know what I describe. Three, four. I'm going to let you know what I describe. Having coached basketball, currently uh, coaching basketball. Now we're putting resumes out there? Yeah, we're going to put I got resumes. a national championship. I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I got, I got one, too. I'm going down to. <laughs> I got one, too. I'm going down to the Adidas circuit tomorrow to coach. I'm and when I look out there on the court. I'm going to go watch real tough guys play football, but go ahead. Cool. Anybody playing football now is doing it for fun. It don't mean nothing. I will let you know that tomorrow, when I am coaching, what I'm looking for in toughness on the court is how I now describe toughness for Kawhi Leonard 
on the court. Guys that are going to rebound every possession. Guys are going to defend and defend like it's a game-winning possession. They defend like that every possession. Guys that understand when I need a bucket, they'll figure out a way, whether through an offensive set or through taking a tough shot or going to get a rebound and a putback to get me one of those tough baskets. Kawhi Leonard, to me, does all those three things. When he plays, no matter who he plays, on a night-in-and-night-out basis. That's why I describe him as one of the toughest players on the court. I'm not defending load management. I'm not defending him missing Well, do you game think three. this is load management? I think that's I the question. Is like, is. What does that have to do with him missing the game three? Well, so, I, I qualified, I qualified him missing game three by saying I think he's one of the toughest players. And then I put it to both of you to say, you know, sort of, all right, what do we make of this? Is this just par for the course? in a load management generation, or is this particularly moist for a Kawhi Leonard under the circumstances? I don't know how bad his, his, his knee soreness is. As we evaluate each one of these situations, that's the challenge. The old adage, that question, which is a rhetorical question, are you hurt or are you injured? The only people that can answer that is the person with the affliction and the medical staff. I'm neither. So I, I don't know how bad the knee soreness is. And I, I'm throwing it to you guys to say just how impactful do we think load management is, the error, or is this just a, a, a Kawhi Leonard thing? Before we get out of here, ETP, you get final word on it. Uh, regardless if you agree of him being tough or not on the court, uh, let's analyze him missing game three. What's the – I mean, what – I don't – he missed game three. I don't know. Like, it's – What's the question exactly? It, it was a question that now has been um, asked and answered, so we go move on. How about <laughs> that? Uh, let's go on to the last series uh, from last night, which was the Warriors versus the Kings. And we've got Warriors now facing what is considered to be the insurmountable task of overcoming a, a being down 2-0. But what did the Warriors do? Uh, without Draymond Green, uh, what did the Warriors do? being at home where they're showing that they can win, what do the Warriors do? Uh, they go out and and at least make it a little more competitive. They win a game last night at home. They make the series 2-1, and they do so without Draymond Green. So let's talk about the Warriors and their prospects of winning this particular series because Sacramento is for real. Uh, like the beam and the whole momentum there is real. So first, let's go into just a real quick analysis of whether or not you think this particular Dynasty is over, and normally dynasties end by way of losing to a young team. They're facing a young team. Do we think this is the beginning of the end for the Warriors? I'll go to you first on the ETP. Um, what I'm happy about is that they won game three without Draymond because if they had lost, then that would have been the excuse for why the Warriors were not able to proceed further, deeper into the playoffs. I do. I mean, I still think the Kings can can win this. They should win it. They're faster. They're younger. You know, they're relatively deeper. But for whatever reason, the Warriors at home are a championship team, and then they're a lottery team on the road. So if all they got to do is win, you know, win out at home and win one game in Sacramento, if they can do that, then they're back. I don't see them going all the way through. But 
Yeah. So I think the short answer is I think that the this is the kind of the dying of a dynasty, but they could surprise, you know, with Steph Curry in the mix, you never, you know, you can never count them out. But ultimately, I think it's just a matter of time before they, you know, they kind of wrap it up. And, and Draymond's probably not going to be there next year. So if they don't do it this year, then, you know, I think they just kind of break up the Beatles at this point. Got it. Uh, Big Flow Show, before I throw it to you, I'm going to ask answer Andre Crompton because we love when y'all comment. Please keep them coming. My <laughs> man Crompton asked me, I think we all agree that Kawhi is skilled on both ends of the floor, but if he balls out in one game and has to sit out three for rest, how tough is that? I don't know that that's the exact ratio, play one and sit out three. And, again, I don't want to defend the load management error. I just have accepted that that's where we are. And I think that we all have to also admit, to answer your question, Andre Crompton, none of us know just how bad the injury is. None of us know just how bad the pain is. The only people that know that are Kawhi Leonard and his medical staff. And I, I want to assume that it must be bad enough to miss a pivotal game three, but that would be putting too much faith in Kawhi Leonard. So I'm not going to defend or deny that it was uh, insurmountable pain such that he had to sit out game three. All I'm saying is when the man is on the court, when that man is on the court, he gives the team a chance. And he gives the team a chance because of how he plays the game, the tenacity in which he plays on both ends of the floor. And I don't have to look much further than a Toronto team that shouldn't have won. I don't have to look much further than a game one L.A. Clippers team that should not have won. Um, to say it's it's pretty valid that the dude can play. He can flat out play. That's all I'm saying. That's what I meant by toughness. I ain't defending low management. Uh, guards, guards, state, uh, Freudian slip. So you're saying it was load management, not an injury. I don't know that. I wish I knew that. I wish mm-hmm. I knew that. I wish I could say absolutely it was an injury. Uh, but you know, we talked about the technical fouls and the flavor twos and the ejection and the suspension being largely based on history based on history. I can't say that in Kawhi's defense. I don't know that it, it might be low management. I don't know. I don't know. Um, back to Golden State to you, the big flow show. We see Golden State down 2 0. They do what they always have done. Bounce off the ropes. They go and win in game three and must win game. They do so without Draymond Green. And not only, you know, because ETP answered the question about the dynasty, love that answer. Also want to talk about Draymond Green because what Golden State did by winning that game is they at least protected this narrative that was already written, that Draymond Green has to be moved. Draymond Green is cancerous. Draymond Green is the reason why this dynasty is going uh, into uh, potential uh, down uh, uh, a downward spiral because of Draymond Green and his crew, his boys went out there and won Game Three. Not obviously, because they are competitive and they want to win a championship, but I would argue that largely they went out and won because they understood that narrative was being written. Um, let's talk a little more broadly about the Draymond Green and Sabonis situation because Draymond Green was suspended for something that some call it a stop. Some call it inadvertent kick, but Sabonis faced no consequences whatsoever. Sabonis seemed to me to go out of his way to make sure that there was physical contact with Draymond Green. 
And now you look at the situations last night, whether it be James Harden, whether it be Joel Embiid, and all of it is being compared to Draymond Green. So let's talk about the incident that started this situation and put Golden State in a situation where they were down one of their key players in a pivotal game three. What do you make of, of, of Draymond Green being ejected in that game? And then what do you make of the NBA then doubling down and suspending him for a pivotal game three? I'll go to you first on this big flow show. I don't I don't like uh the Draymond Green situation because if you really break down, now we go back to prior instance, like Draymond just has a bad reputation, right? So he's gonna get the worst and he's gonna treat it wherever. But I mean, just breaking it down, if you're if he they weren't involved in a play together, it wasn't like anything happened. They uh um Sabonis was boxing. Who was he boxing? Steph? I think he was boxing somebody else out and he fell Clay to the Thompson. ground. Yeah. Who was it? Clay Thompson. Yeah. He's boxing someone else out and fell to the ground. And Draymond's not paying attention to him. And he turns. And if you're trying to run and you're in a turning position, you're in a crowd and somebody grabs your leg, right? Your reactions, reflexes take over at that point. So he yanks his, his foot out. He stomps down. But then he, he had the wherewithal to try to what clear What was the verb him. you used? Stomped. Stomp. My bad. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, okay, when somebody's trying to tackle you, you you know, you just you violently are trying to get your free because the the alternative was Draymond doesn't do that and he falls and could blow a knee out or twist something. He's gonna go to the ground. So your your reaction as a as an as a as a as an athlete or human is to try to get control of that leg back. He tries to get it back, he kind of stomps down on him, but then when he when he he clears him with the other leg, so he he if he really wanted to, he could have just fallen on his head, like, and just like, all right, I'm going to punish you. I don't think he's got enough time to think. And again, it's not like they're in an altercation. He's grabbed his leg while he's running and it was a reaction. So I thought they overreacted with that. I think you're overreacting even with the question about is the, is, is the dynasty over? I think, I mean, come on, man. Everyone. I mean, Draymond there. Green, I only ask because look, Draymond Green is a free agent. So, right. And we talked about this, this episode is adding insult to injury. The insult part of our previous segment was there are a lot of insults being hurled around about Kawhi Leonard and his injury. They called him soft. They said he shouldn't be the claw. He should be called something else. Right? In this case, there's going to be a lot of insult to injury. The injury being that here's this dynasty, right? Uh, and, and, and no one could argue that they've had a dynasty. No one can argue that. But the injury being that maybe it is discontinued by way of this year. Yes, they won a championship last year. But they're in the middle of a straight-up fight, a brawl, with a young team that actually believes that they can beat them. And that's that's no longer a question. And that doesn't mean the dynasty's over. I just think that they need to make moves. I mean, when the Bulls lost Horace Grant, everyone's like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? He's going to be gone. We can't replace him. And then they retooled, bring in Dennis Rodman. They bring in some different folks, and they switch up, and we win three more championships. I mean, at the end of the day, I think um, I think it, it may be time for Draymond to leave. I'm not even convinced of that, but I think it, it might be. There's some signs because his numbers are, are dwindling. You know, he you know back when it was early in the Splash Brothers, he was hitting threes. Everybody, he's not doing as much. Maybe they should find a different direction. But to say that they're done, I mean, is Steph almost done? No, I mean, I, I think that that that. It's up to them if they want to break it up. But I think if I'm them, I'm not panicked. I mean, they're still playing at a high level. They're still in these playoffs. Series is definitely not over. Um, I mean, you look at their season. They had a bad season last year in the beginning of the year before they came back and, and, and won it. 
Uh, this year, you know, they had the, the situation with Wiggins and, and his uh, domestic situation he had to deal with. It kind of broke up. I don't know how many games he missed for that, but it kind of took a large portion of the team. I don't know what the record was during that, but there's been some distractions. I think oh, they've you got that. You mean that Andrew Wiggins, the superstar? I got you. Not the superstar, but the role player, the role <laughs> player, and and Wiggins. You, you know, he's part of their. He's part of the gumbo. You just took the shrimp out, right? Now you got to put the shrimp back in the gumbo. So I think they have good, great pieces on their team. They still have people that on their team that if they did break it up, people would be dying to get. You know. I don't see why it's over. Even if they lose the series and they're done, I don't know. I'm not so quick to turn the door because, I mean, you still have Steph. You still have Clay. You know, you got, you got Poole. You got Wiggins. You got – come on, man. You got some pieces there. I think I think they still – this might be not this might not be their year, but that doesn't mean the dynasty is over unless well, the Suns decide to become dominant and keep that if, together. If Draymond Green gets another flagrant two, he's ejected for another game. And – for all the things we can say negative about Draymond Green and his antics, whether it be the Jordan Poole punch or this Sabonis stomp, we also have to acknowledge that they are a better team with Draymond Green on the floor. They are. So, ETP, I ask you the same question. In this episode of adding insult to injury, they were injured by the fact that he couldn't play last night, but not debilitating because they ended up winning the game. In a must-win situation at home, they won. That's what champions do. They are indeed still the champions until someone else is crowned. But I still ask you the question, man, because I have to. Is, is is there a sign that a bad situation is getting worse with sort of it seems as though we're seeing the, the warts with the relationships, with 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 the the constant conversation about things non-basketball related when it comes to Draymond. And that normally signals that there's trouble in paradise and we might be coming to the end of this dynasty. What say you? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they've publicly, they've not spoken in regard. They were, you know, Bob Myers, the GM, as well as coach Steve Kerr. They both came out and they were very complimentary of Draymond Green in terms of his contribution to their success he they also were uh you know not in agreement with the decision to suspend they were very supportive of of draymond green so in that respect i don't know we don't know what's happening behind closed doors we started off this season where you know there was a video that got leaked of draymond green you know one piecing jordan pool in the preseason so it looked like the video that we started this show off with with the young 14 year old sucker punching the kid after the wrestling match in chicago shout out to abc7 chicago you got all the credit don't don't, don't snatch our video down um but it looked like that same video so yeah that so guy, that so guy. so that i mean that being said, you know, I don't know. I have a totally different take in terms of Draymond Green and that incident. I don't he wasn't running from what I saw. He intentionally stomped straight down on this dude's chest and then jumped off him. So What's the verb you use? Stomped. Stomp. <laughs> like legitimately intentionally like stomped. I know that, you know, Sabonis was penalized. He got a technical for holding his leg. Everybody says, what if, you know, what if he blew out his knee? What if this happened? That's all valid, but it didn't. I think Draymond definitely escalated it and intentionally tried to, you know, inflict pain and stomped on this guy's chest and jumped off him with that leg. 
So it was. And how, then, would you, and how would you have handled it? I don't know how I would have handled it, but I know that it was intentionally with reckless abandon or without concern for his safety and not trying to get. Should I be concerned? So now, not, now we're in a situation where you broke into my house and you're treating and, and I'm being criticized for how I treated you. I mean, if like, you, you want know, to compare holding somebody's ankle to breaking, to breaking into your house, you know, I always got to give you put you in a, in a mind state that you can you can. Yeah, feel. So, what I'm saying is, so considering that Sabonis for, killed all of Draymond Green's children, children. <laughs> he should absolutely have on him. placed his foot lightly on his chest. But did, did Green really have all this time to be thinking about all this? He's he intended. Listen, he int- I, the way I see it. He had a choice. He definitely intentionally stomped on this man's chest and used him as a platform Gandhi, to jump off. Listen, Gandhi, I wanted to know what you would have chosen because you're a man of peace. What would you have chosen to do if you're turning to run down the court and I grab your leg for no reason? We're not even involved in the play. There's no he didn't aggression. Turn. I mean, look, the well, whole wasn't turning to go back down for the uh, to run back down the way. He Did was standing. Him? He was standing. So. I, and his and his leg got locked up. I felt he was. I wish we had the video, but I, I felt like he was pivoting. And so, he was but, that, but but, to, and he but was, so this back and forth, which I really appreciate, this back and forth is in my mind. While it wasn't so cut and dry, there was hmm. two perspectives that you could have used to look at the situation. You ejected him with what seven minutes left or so in the game that they ultimately lost. You gave him a flagrant two. And because of the escalating impact of that, if he gets another one, he's ejected for another game. Yeah, but the, the I was just like, how do you then suspend him for game three? That's so, the part I'm like, that's too. So far. this is, I mean, the the NBA came out and explicitly said it was influenced by a history, his history with the league and his offenses prior. So obviously, your track record plays into it. The biggest thing about this is. He he did whatever. However, you want to perceive the interaction that happened on the. No, court. we agreed it was a stomp. It was a stomp. We gonna no. Go I mean, well, if it was a cue. You'd say but you're hot. saying, but yeah, you're, there's there's <laughs> debate. It's debatable in terms of was it intentional? Did he have anywhere else to step? Could he have handled it another way? Let's assume we're not even gonna address that after the fact. Given that incident, then Draymond Green is essentially. Egging on the crowd, being like super yeah. WWE about I it. I like that part. And and you look in that situation where did he had if, if one person if one person threw a cup, it's malice in the palace all over again, potentially, right? So while Adam Silver, the commissioner, is in the building, not that that should change anything, but I'm sure that that yeah, influenced. Yeah, I was watching the reality. <laughs> So, so Andre Iguodala kind of positioned himself just in case a fan got too unruly. And I got, I, I, I had some additional respect for Iguodala. He understood his role. He's like, man, I'm in street clothes. For instance, Kawhi wouldn't have done that. <laughs> so, so that that's the piece. <laughs> you wouldn't get in nobody way. That's your fight. That's between y'all. That's I'm not even playing like, today. I, mad. I thought the, I mean, I thought the ejection, the technical, and the flagrant two. I thought that was the best way you could have handled it. Obviously, Sabonis was wrong, but Draymond Green up the ante. In terms of the suspension, I could go either way, but at the same time, the theatrics after the incident in the building was just out of line. And then there was just not even really any, I don't even know that there needed to be remorse, but he was basically being presented that 
All I could have done was stomp and jump off this dude's chest. That's the only option I had. All I could do is stomp. I like that, baby. We might have to do us one of them videos. All I could do is stomp. Um, Draymond Green, unfortunately. Free Draymond. Free Draymond. You know what I mean? We might make them shirts. Unfortunately, is if they lose this series, a lot is going to be put on the shoulders of Draymond Green. They're going to blame him. And if they blame him as he's approaching free agency with Clay wanting a lot more money, with a lot of free agency situations that will prevent them in their quest to build around their nucleus, this, I think, is the end of this this dynasty, man. Now, granted, like you said, with the Chicago comparison, maybe they bring in some pieces and they they tweak it, but... I you gotta admit, it feels like guy, the end like of Kawhi it. to come in to play half the games. They they, they can bring in Kawhi, man. They can bring some toughness. Yeah, <laughs> they can win half the series of games because he plays in half the games. But not I, in all seriousness, man. It just feels like to me, it feels like the end of a dynasty. And I don't want to be over dramatic when it comes to that. I have loved watching this core of players. You got the Splash Brothers and Draymond, and then you can almost, uh, like you said, put the put anything else in a the gumbo. They got really fortunate. And it was a, a, a really good deal with Andrew Wiggins. That panned out more than they could have ever expected. And I think that with that that core, right, you add little pieces like a Jordan Poole having a breakout year. You add other pieces like a Gary Payton II coming, being a defensive star last year, and now they, they you know, he hasn't played as much this year with his injury. But they, they have done – now, I'm not a big fan of their bigs, but they win despite their bigs. Looney to me is is horrible. He's horrible, and I've said that several times. And so I'll, I'll be consistent. But they figure out a way to win. Something seems different with this Sacramento, this young Sacramento team standing right in the middle of the ring, with their fists clenched up, going toe to toe, fighting them, and at times making them look a little old. I fear just because I love good basketball and I love good stories. And I think this dynasty is going to be one that we talk about to the end of time when it comes to basketball conversations. I fear that this might be the end. So let me just give you a, <laughs> a fact check. So Kavon Looney is trash according to you. And yesterday had 20 rebounds and nine assists, only four I, points. I, you could go through the stat line forever. And I will go trash. through the rebounds. games. Trash. <laughs> I believe the stats can tell you a story, but my eyes gonna tell me a, a much more significant story. We both know you can't listen and look at the same time. Right? We do know that inside but, joke. Hey, but, <laughs> so. but I will say, Looney and his inability to just finish, finish with with some authority, I think, is their only challenge. Looney and his inability to switch off defensively. The man got not two, but three left feet. The man really cannot move defensively. That's why I call him trash. So And, yes, and his plus minus yesterday was 21. They won only, by 20. The only player whose plus minus was higher was Steph Curry with 24. I, trash. I, you asked trash. me trash. why I said he's trash, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with last night. Complete they won by trash. 20. So plus minus and all of that, and his 20 rebounds is great. If they had a, 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 a big that could finish at the rim, if they had a big that could defend better on switch outs, they would be a better team. Now, Looney has played his role. 
but Looney has played his role because they got him for two bus passes and a box of Twizzlers. They have him out there because he helps with the economics of that team. So, yes, I believe he's trash. That's just my opinion. Golden he State was drafted differs. by Golden State. <laughs> Uh, I think he is he's trash. <laughs> Twizzlers at the draft, yeah. trash. No, Twizzlers in the sense that they don't have to. So, look, you want to compare. So, since you are looking into stats, you want to compare what Looney is making compared to other bigs. Compare them to a Carl Anthony Towns, if you will. So, in, in terms of money, they don't have to pay him that much. And that's why he fits perfectly into what they do because they got all these other Supermax deals. Yes, I think he's trash. I've said that, uh, and I still believe it. But yet they they win despite Looney. If they lose Draymond in free agency and they're left to rely even more heavily on Looney, um, that team is not a winning team. They're not. And so that's what I fear is the end of this dynasty because the more Draymond conversation we have, the more narrative that is put around that, the more likely it is for him to, to be shipped out. And while I love the Splash Brothers, they do need a Draymond Green-like, a goon, if you will, to make the plays that they don't make. Um, so let, we'll see. We'll see. They ain't dead yet. They're like Hulk Hogan on that third one. They got that hand resuscitated, and they revived. They won a pivotal game three. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, tonight's games quickly, and then we're going to move on. Tonight's games. You got the uh, Celtics at the Hawks. Uh, not a lot of, of fireworks there. I will say this. The Hawks feature uh, a guy in Trey Young, Ice Trey, that was voted by this random NBA anonymous poll of 54 players uh, conducted by Athletica. Uh, Trey Young, they voted as the most overrated player in the NBA. Now, because it is a bunch of anonymous players, because it was conducted by uh, Athletica, an outside source, or the, the Athletic, rather, an outside source, I don't, really, I don't really like that, asking players to be anonymous and say stuff like that. But he was voted most overrated. Um, the Celtics, I think just, you know, while they have to go to Atlanta, I think they're just too much for Atlanta, and the Celtics should win that series. Um, but it then we get to see a series that is very competitive, tied at 1-1. Um, the Cavs have to go to Madison Square Garden in a pivotal game three. Uh, who do you guys have winning that one? I didn't even ask you about Celtics-Hawks. I'll start with you on that one. Who you want Celtics-Hawks? Who you think got winning Celtics-Hawks, ETP? It's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to – I think I'm With gonna, your heart, I, not with your head. I'm going to have to – With your head, not with your heart. Stay with I'm, your chest. I'm gonna have to go with uh, you know the Boston Celtics in a squeaky, tight photo finish sweep. <laughs> all right, yeah. see that's what all that confidence, all that bravado, that's what get people in trouble. Y'all better focus. Uh, the Big Flow Show. Who you got? Celtics at the Hawks tonight. At the Hawks. At the Hawks. Mm, home game. Celtics by twenty. <laughs> <laughs> home game. It's home for they go step up. I say that. <laughs> Magic City and all them other places are going to be a distraction. The Hawks get one tonight. In a gentleman's suite, they get one tonight. I love uh, that term, gentleman's suite. Gentleman's suite. <laughs> Give me <you> one. <laughs> I just need one option. Can Give I me one. one. I have a highlight for your food. I'm thinking with all the travel and then they get in town. You know what it is. ATL is the land of distractions for professional athletes. <laughs> that's gentleman's suite. I'm giving 
the Hawks, the advantage, their distractions are more normalized. They win one tonight. Gentlemen, sweet after that. Uh, we got then the Cavs going to play at Madison Square Garden. I'm starting with you on this big flow show. Um, the Cavs and the Knicks have been a competitive series. The 4-5 is supposed to be competitive, and this has been that. And then some. Who you got winning is the Cavs at Madison Square Garden taking on the Knicks. I said Knicks. The Knicks, um, who in the last game, while they were getting blown out, Julius Randle had a late injury. And you've got, right. you know, yeah, you got Derrick Rose. I think he's going to be fine to play. It wasn't serious. You got Derrick Rose on the sideline watching that, which is a whole bunch of just irony there. Um, because it harkens back to when they still had him in the game. He got injured in Chicago. We know how his injury history has been since then. But I think Julius Randle is back to 100% tonight. You've got the Cavs at the Knicks. A must-win must game three in a 1-1 tied series. Who you got? Cleveland or Knicks? When is the last time the Knicks had the, electric, the, 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 the lights turned on in May? Are we in May or are we in April? In April. 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 In same, April. Same thing. Same in thing. April. Playoffs. I got what you meant. I just, I, I, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to say that the spirit of Patrick Ewing is going to come down and they're going to come out victorious in this game because they haven't done it. They have to, I mean, it's, it's like a double away game, really, if you think about it. Nobody's been there. <laughs> Nobody's been. It's like a neutral site. But I got to go with the Knicks. I think the Knicks got to go. You go to the Knicks. Knicks. All right. I go to the Knicks. ETP, uh, you got Cleveland at the Knicks, Masters for a Garden. The thing going to be rocking. Spike Lee going to be in that thing. I imagine Chris Rock going to come out from hiding and be in that thing. I'm imagining J-Lo going to be in that thing. All the celebrities going to be out and about in New York City tonight, and the Cavs come to town. Who wins? Pivotal game three. Who you got? I got to go with the, the Knicks. And uh... – and in my opinion, the most underrated player in the NBA, Jalen Brunson. Fair. 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 Jalen Brunson, I laughed at that as their solution and their savior is the person that was going to come oh, in man. and turn the thing around. I got egg on my face. Jalen Brunson is a dog. Straight up dog. He is a baller. I like that dude's game, man. He whatever he did. His to- dad was in the league. He in the league. He he makes. I wa- I've been watching him play since he was like a sophomore in high school. He's from Chicago suburbs, and every level looks the same to him. He plays exact same way in high school. No better, no worse than he did in the NBA. He makes it just seem like those people are it's irrelevant who's out there. Yeah, I love the way he plays. Again, I love the way he plays too. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and I'm going, I'm going the spider. I'm going Garland. I'm going Cleveland. I'm going the 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 spirit of Cleveland that LeBronish James might be the author of. They are going to get some of those same vibes tonight, Madison Square Garden. LeBron won't be there, but there will be a Le- LeBron vibe amongst the Cavs in Madison Square Garden. They're going to get them fits, and I just think that, like the Big Flow Show points out. The Knicks ain't been here in so long, man, that the pressure is going to mount. New York media is terrible. They put unnecessary, exacerbated pressures on these players. And I think that's going to be to their demise tonight. Cleveland wins in a game three, and I think Cleveland ultimately wins that series. Uh, and then the game that we got to talk about uh, that is still 2-0, but I like it because it's Nuggets at T-Wolves. And these two teams have been pretty chippy. They really don't like each other. They genuinely do not like each other. Uh, who you got winning tonight? Nuggets at T-Wolves. The T-Wolves are down in that series, 0-2, and they, it's a must-win for them. 
I'll start with you on this one, Big Flow Show. Uh, who you got, Nuggets, at T-Wolves? I had to go with the, the Nuggets. You're going up. They'll go up 3-0 in that case, mm-hmm. which nuggets. has proven to be uh, a, a, a really tall Sandman task song. to overcome. Sandman song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam, Sandman coming. Uh, ETP, who you got? You got uh, the Nuggets or T-Wolves. They're playing in Minnesota. I got to go with Denver, and I think that everybody's generally sleeping on Denver, and I hope that they can actually – live up to their expectations even though everybody seemingly counted them out as the one seed uh when they talk about who's going to be going to the championship so i think this is going to be a cakewalk for them they'll they'll sweep the wolves and move on to the next round so i guess in the first two iterations of this i went against you how dare i not go against you again i'm going t wolves man now look carl anthony towns now look anthony edwards look rudy gobert whoever it is like Come on, man. Come on, man. I really thought that team this year with all of that size was going to do something. And they got an opportunity to, you're at home, get one for the Gipper, or in this case, for the Wolf. Get one for the T-Wolves, man. Minnesota needs this. I'm going home team there. T-Wolves. T-Wolves win tonight. Uh, That's my prediction. Uh, Over the weekend, we got two games. We'll start with the one that uh, LeBron I am James. most interested in. Now we're gonna go the other way. We're gonna go Bucks at Miami. It's tied at one-one. Uh, Giannis, I do not think is going to play to. He is playing tomorrow. Yeah. Giannis is back. All right. In this episode of adding insult to injury, his injury was a back injury as he tried to dunk on Kevin Love, and Kevin Love tried to take a charge. It was not. Um, it, it, it was called. I think actually it was Whoa. called. Um, did he get the charge? I don't know if he got the charge or the blocking foul. I don't remember the particulars, but he did fall on his back and has been hurt, has been slow uh, to play. This will be his first game back. Um, do you got who, who you got? I'm starting with you on this one, ETP. The Bucks were the odds on favor to win. Everybody thought Miami was done, including this Miami Heat fan, based on how they played in the first play-in game. But yet Miami is now in a position to overtake the series at home in a 1-1 tied series. They're playing in Miami. Who you got? I got the Bucs. Again, I think I don't think Miami is going to win another game. I, You know, I, I could take that personal, but everybody's got their opinions, and I'm going to have my turn. To, I, I think the only reason that. they won the first but, game is because Giannis went personal, out in the middle of the game. He, I mean, those are his last words. They're not gonna win another game. Dang. They're not gonna win another game. The you said you didn't even. I didn't even ask you all that. This right, is about like, to, <laughs> like, by the time this next show, by the time this show game. comes next week, we are no longer gonna be talking about them. What you trying to say? Uh-huh. Uh, this time next week is gonna be the next. Time. Who you got on that one, man? Come on, uh, uh, Big Flow Show. Who you got? I'm tired you of gotta it. You gotta think about it. Hold on. I didn't. I didn't present it right. You got these great athletes from milwaukee the bucks that they call themselves coming from a sleepy town of milwaukee flying into miami where south beach awaits and i imagine when they land they'll have concierge service to get wherever they want to go to they can have some of that fresh seafood i'm talking about they just caught the seafood 
They can have that while sitting on South Beach with a size 22 dogs in the air, letting some of that, that, that Atlantic Ocean breeze blow onto their body. You telling me that they can withstand those distractions from coming from Milwaukee to win game three? What you say, Big Flow Show? Come on now, think about it. I think those guys are family men, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're going to be in by 9.30. I think they're going to have Even the family is distraction on the beach. They're going to have a reasonable dinner. <laughs> they're going to come in. They're going to take care of their bodies. They're going to play. I'm tired of, of agreeing with ETP, but when he's right, I can't just go against him just to go against him. So I think I think he's right. And even though you didn't ask me, I don't think Miami's going to win up. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Well, if you hey, look. Nobody thought Miami's gonna win a game, so we've already. So done, we, you you already saw. I can you already waving the moral victory flag. I can no, see it. Yeah, it I can smell it. it. You saw you're teeing up the show for next week. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> and you reminded me. So let me let me get that off me. Ain't no This ain't. Let me let y'all know something, man. We got Jimmy buckets. We got Eric Spolstra. Same time. And no, we don't have Tyler Hero anymore because in this episode of adding insult to injury, the man. Dove after a loose ball and broke his hand. But we do have the spirit of Tyler Hero. Did he get the loose ball at least? No. He added insult. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't get, get the damn loose damn ball. It. Damn, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> it was still out on him. Which camera on? Oh, this camera? This one? Let me look right into this camera, man. The Miami Heat ain't no punk. We got you, Donis Haslam. 137 years old sitting on that bench. But those are nephew. Sitting on that bench. <laughs> sitting on that bench. Highest <laughs> paid fan available. <laughs> when when the player, when these young boys come off, they look over on the bench and they see a man that's got great eyebrows still there, still rooting for his team, still oh, – he's he not available. We're not going to put him in the game. But still a part of the fabric that is the Miami Heat. There is something that motivates a team to go out and play. And with the spirit of Udonis Haslam, with the spirit of Tyler Hero, with the spirit, I'm going back even further, with the spirit of Tim Hardaway Sr., the Miami Heat go out and win tonight in an unthinkable fashion. It ain't going to be close. We then take control of this series, and we'll let Milwaukee know if we will allow them back in it at a future date. Man, that felt good. And now we got to get to the last series. And I saved the best for last. Because it's tied at 1-1. I saved the best for last because in that same anonymous poll. That's what I got for you, anonymous. In that same anonymous poll of 54 players, they decided that MJ was the GOAT. And those 54 players, by deciding that MJ was the GOAT, might have awakened the sleeping giant. By deciding that MJ was the GOAT, that anonymous pole might have poked the bear. And by poking the bear, I'm quoting Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks said, I don't care if I poke the bear. To me, he's just an old man. I respect him. He's legendary. But we in between them lines, he's just an old man that I got to go dominate. And oh, man, when he said that, it brought a smile to my face because this is the old NBA. This is when we ain't got to like each other. 
They won game two. They being your Memphis Grizzlies. They being on the heels of a big three by Dylan Brooks where he stared down LeBron James. And now there have been people calling for LeBron to get a little more thuggery. People have been saying that LeBron's response was, what was your word, your coin term? Moist. Moist. And we've got ourselves a series. They go back to L.A. Memphis. They go back to L.A. with John Morant, likely to play. Last game, he was sitting on the sideline with one of the Michael Jackson gloves on. I think now he's going to play. I'm starting with you. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm going to start with you on this. Right? It's your turn. I ain't going to mess up the, the order just because I know you where you're going on it. Must win. Game three, Memphis Grizzlies, and the rivalry that has become real with John Morant, Dylan Brooks, and all that is Memphis Grizzlies and all their bravado, they go to L.A. They're going to L.A. in a must-win game. L.A. does have LeBron James. L.A. does have Anthony Davis. L.A. does have, on paper, probably the roster that you think could could resuscitate their season and make a playoff run, but they got to go through Memphis to do it. Who wins game three? To you first, Big Flow Show. Well, as you mentioned, there's a lot of beautiful sunshine. Just like Miami, less humidity. You've got Hollywood Boulevard. you got Rodeo Drive. You've got all the beautiful women that are out there in California. Hollywood. John Morant, we all know, is immature. We all know he's been known to come to the club strapped and then show out. He dyes his braid and his hair for the day, you know, to match the match his outfits. He's he's coming off of of uh of I'm not gonna tease his injury because that looked painful as hell, but he coming off of a bad wrist. His Michael Jackson glove, he might wear a glitter glove this time. You never know what's gonna go on. I think the distractions are too great. Um, what's the name running his mouth? A little, I can't even, I refuse to even say his name because he's not worthy of, of being spoken about Fair. by name, running his lips about the king. And now he's going to the kingdom. And they're about to take this ill. Lakers and six. Lakers and six. Now I see, thank you, my man, Dennis Collins. What's up, good bro? Chimes in. He says, MJ been the GOAT, talking about that part of it. But then he says, Grizzlies and six. And I know mathematician that like orange that. sweatshirt off. What? I struggle to math, but I do know both cannot be true. Mathematically, the the Grizzlies can't win in six, and the Lakers can't win in six. One of them two statements got to be false. We will agree on that. <laughs> we will agree on that. ETP, you've agreed with the Big Flow Show the whole time, and I'm saying that because I'm hoping you don't agree with them here, and I'm trying to taint your vote. So here. <laughs> In the form of true transparency, I say, you didn't agree with him every time here. Now, Memphis Grizzlies, they they are the higher seed. The Memphis Grizzlies have played holistically better basketball over the season. The Memphis Grizzlies with John Morant has been considered a contender for winning the championship this year. Do the Memphis Grizzlies go to L.A. and beat the Lakers in a must-win game three with a tied series at 1-1? What say you? So, I don't think that the Grizzlies can win in L.A. 
coming off of that loss. And I would hope for the sake of LeBron James legacy, because all the Michael Jordan disciples would use this loss as his inability to live up to the expectations and Jordan would never let anybody talk down on them the way that he did without coming back and putting up 50. So I would expect and hope that LeBron puts up a, has a monster game, defends home court, you know, keeps the, keeps the advantage, but I don't know that they can win the series. LeBron does look, I don't want to say he looks old, but he just looks a lot less interested in the game at this point. So I don't know if they pull it off and win the series, but I think I think that uh, the Lakers do win game three. Thumbs up or thumbs down. I know where you're going to go with it, Big Flo Show. Uh, y'all know where I'm going with it. I think Memphis wins. Again, to again disagree with both of you. I think Memphis wins this one and takes control of the series. But we are, regardless of what side of the fence you fall on, we are in this era where you, you you have to acknowledge that, that LeBron deserves to be in the GOAT conversation. And with that comes a level of respect. Um, even though I choose to focus on four years of his career when he was playing for Miami, that's where I give the most respect. I got to respect his entire career. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Do we like the fact that Dylan Brooks, a guy who is a role player, a guy who would never be discussed as not even the greatest player on his team. Do we like the fact that he's saying all of these things, that he's going at LeBron the way that he is, that he is not shunning the challenge that is to guard LeBron James, which you look at the points, isn't done that well in guarding LeBron James. Um, do we like that? Thumbs up, thumbs down. What are you thinking on ETP? Is this what we need in the game? Or is this just more of the microwave society of the ig reels trying to get instant fame on the, the 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 shoulders or the back of a real greatest of all time contender in lebron james what say you man i i, I matter of fact i'm wait what do you what do you say etp i mean everybody wants to you know rivalries and villains and i mean all of that that's what makes sports entertaining right and we talked about it with the issue around um, you know, women's basketball and the the girls being or Angel Reese getting all this flack for being too, you know, too argumentative or trash talking. And this is exactly what the game. I mean, this is what people people want to root against and for. So it's good for the it's good for the game. I'm surprised that, you know, this guy's this guy's consistent no matter who's on the other side of it. It's an act that he you know, he lives for. He's taking it from. Pat Beverly and all these other guys of the past and, you know, making their living and earning their, their salary by, you know, trying to get in the heads of the other team. So it's all, it's all good. It's all, it's all part of the gamesmanship of competition. I don't find anything wrong with it. You know, he's not talking about his family. He's not, there's nothing questionable. He's not stomping on his chest. <laughs> I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. Uh, but hopefully LeBron can rise to the occasion and let him know that he cannot <laughs> that he cannot do that. Don't disrespect the throne. Uh, Big Flo Show, I kick it over to you. Because in this episode of adding insult to injury, do you find it insulting that a guy of Dylan Brooks' caliber, categorically not even the same stratosphere as LeBron James as a basketball player, on the court, off the court, 
legacy, championships, not in the same stratosphere. Do you find it insulting that he's going toe-to-toe, calling the GOAT out, if you think he's the GOAT, which I think you do? He's calling him out. He's calling your king out. Said he's just another guy on that court. Is that insulting or is that what we need to be encouraging in this game to get the best out of our players? What say you? I mean, you can look at it a couple ways. It's kind of like battle rappers, right? You go after a rapper that's not in your stratosphere and you hope that he can release a single with your name in it. So now people wonder who you are, right? So now I, like I can't, be, you know, he's trying to come out here. Him and Draymond got into it. Draymond did a podcast about him. I didn't know who he was before that. I, you know, I, I knew who he was. I didn't pay attention to who he was before that. Draymond came in and undressed him. So now he's like, shit, let me go after the king and do this. And and now people, now we're talking about him. No chance in America his name comes up on this on this podcast if he's not running his mouth. So he's trying to get himself out there. He's not much to lose. I don't think he's good enough that he's going to get a rise out of LeBron. I don't think LeBron really cares. But then there's another side you could look at this and say, maybe he knows that uh, the Jaws is still not mature enough to handle some of this pressure. With, with what, with, what, what went on with Ja this year and the sign of immaturity? Maybe he's doing this to take to constantly take the pressure off John Morant and stay in the headline and allow this man to just play basketball and not be in the middle of everything. And I'm just going to keep running my mouth and keep talking it. And I'm going to take the pressure off Ja. I actually would buy that. And I would actually applaud him for doing it if that's the case. Fair. I'm going thumbs up, Jeff, because I'm from the northwest section of Fort Lauderdale, baby. Your past don't impress me. Line it up. I'm going to talk trash the whole time. And I'm going to do it not only to talk trash to you and get you out of your game. I used to always tell my homeboys, like, y'all don't even realize I'm talking trash for me. Because now I've got to go out and be accountable to the trash that I just talked. So the next possession, I'm playing even harder because I got to back up the trash that I just talked. And so I think Dylan Brooks, in a way, is sort of this throwback player that finds the joy in needling and, and, and like he said, poking the bear. Um, and I hope for the basketball God's sake that it brings out some amazing basketball and not only just LeBron James, but the Lakers and the Memphis. And to your point, it fits more to uh, allow uh, Ja to be free of all the questions and whether about his injury or whether it be about his distractions throughout the season. I think from a strategy standpoint, I love that as well. So should be a great game um, tomorrow. You got Miami hosting uh, the Bucks, and then you got L.A. hosting the Grizzlies. Should be a great game. All in all, we went through each one of the series, and in, in this episode of adding insult to injury, uh, y'all, everybody drinking, I'm drinking, cheers. Uh, I pause at this moment to say, it's my wife's birthday, man, so I did an early hey. glass of wine. Happy birthday to my mom. What you doing it's for your wife? birthday. Since you're drinking to her, what you doing for her tonight? What you celebrating with? Horse and carriage? What are we talking about? Uh, we are on the way down to basketball like i said man i'm coaching this to Paris. yeah yeah uh least you could do is toaster okay that's what you got <laughs> toast to uh you know we've been together 27 years man so i celebrated 27 birthdays with her married for 17 long 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 time uh it's my dog's birthday and she's the person that has to to deal with all of my shenanigans so i toast to her happy birthday to my wife 
Uh, let's hop into NHL, man, quickly, because it's going to be a very, very brief conversation. Why? Because I, I don't know uh, hockey that well. Um, but in this episode of adding insult to injury, we talked about the flopping that goes on in the NBA. I just wanted to salute. I had to pay homage and respect should be offered for an NHL player plays for the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets are playing the Vegas Golden Knights. And there's a player that plays for the Jets by the name of Morgan Barron, who, um, as fate would have it, he falls and gets a he gets cut by a skate, by the blade on the, the skate. Needs not one, not two, not I can't even do all of them. He needed 75 stitches in his head. And the man, after getting 75 stitches, came back on that ice to try to finish the game. If you compare that, although I call him a tough guy, if you compare that to the knee soreness of a Kawhi Leonard. Moisture. (laughs) How moist do you got to be when you compare those two things? That's not even like, that's like straight up. That's like the East Coast. They are so far apart. Um, So shout out uh, to Morgan Barron. The other NHL, uh, well, not NHL, but hockey topic that I had to talk about real quick before we get rocking and rolling, man, is the um, charity game. Annual, it was the 49th charity game where the fire department, FDNY, plays a charity game against NYPD. Everybody knows that group of people, police department. And it's called the Heroes Hockey Game. The charity goes out to like families of, 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 of first responders who died in the active duty and it goes to different charities. Um, uh, uh, but in fact, I want to make sure I, uh, uh, the charity, it goes to charity. This game is so high profile, it's sold out. This game is so high profile that Wayne Gretzky, the great Wayne Gretzky was in attendance this year. And all of these things that you would think are so amazing about this benefit, charitable benefit, ended in an all-out brawl. The fire department, FDNY, has won like the last five, so maybe the boys in blue, you know, them guys in YPD felt a little particular way about it. But if you have not seen it yet, go Google it, FDNY versus the NYPD charity hockey game, and these dudes was bucking. I thought it was amazing, but also it was just kind of like, ah, this doesn't feel like a charity. This kind of feels like the personalities of the people that some of the first responder organizations attract. Like, this looks like Neanderthal Row. It looked like UFC (laughs) MMA. There was nothing civil about it. These are the people that are charged with serving and protecting us. Like, I don't want to go through a routine traffic stop with that guy. He just wants to fight. Uh, But it was uh, an amazing brawl, but also an amazing um, concept for supporting these families. But I sent y'all that video, man. Hopefully y'all got a good laugh about it, but. Do me a favor, Ball Hawk Sports Talk. Google it. Look at that brawl. Them dudes went at it. 
Uh, and, you know, it, there was there was both a, some good and bad in that, but wanted to make sure I shared it in our hockey talk. Let's go home on this, man, because we've got Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is now signed the largest contract ever in football. $255 million, $179 million guaranteed. Uh, no trade clause. And with Jalen Hurts doing that, two things happen. Uh, his agent, Nicole Lynn, uh, uh, a young black woman, I think she's in her mid-30s, signed him. Now, she is with one of the larger agencies, but she signed him by just, just out of the blue, unprovoked, sending a DM to him and say, hey, have you signed an agent? So it's a, it's a success story there. So we'll talk about her. And the other thing is five of the seven salaries now, largest quarterback salaries, are uh, going to black quarterbacks. So let's start with Nicole Lynn and the agent quickly. What did you guys think about it, man? Here's this young black agent. She happens to also be a member of Delta Sigma Theta, but you see this young black woman in a in a a sport and in a a, a a function of the sport, the agent business that has been dominated by white men for a long time. She is now the author uh, in way of advising. She's now the author of the largest NFL contract ever. And then you compare that to Lamar Jackson, who's still in weight of if his contract makes you say, hmm, I'll start with you on a quickly ETP. Let's go lightning round responses. What did you think about Nicole Lynn being the agent on that contract and Jalen Hurts getting the largest contract ever in NFL history? I love I love all of it. I love all of it. You know, just having that example where, you know, the the highest and largest contract in the history of the league is brokered by a black woman. And you don't usually see black women in those types of positions. Um, you usually see a white man. So obviously just from a signaling and uh, you know, from a representation standpoint, that's huge. And I mean, clutch sports has, you know, it's just another way that clutch has kind of changed the landscape for sports management and sports agencies. So, you know, they obviously it's, it's interesting, you know, an agency that started from somebody that met LeBron in a, in an airport and was trying to sell him, you know, throwback jerseys. And now, you know, they're brokering the largest deals as a collective in history, not to take away from the individual of, of Nicole Lynn, but I think just across the board, you know, having that representation, literally representation, um, of people that can relate to the, to the people that they're representing is, is huge. And then Jalen Hurts has always, has been a model citizen, so to speak, you know, he's, he's represented himself to warrant both in his play and, and how he's carried himself to, to warrant that type of a contract. And I'm just glad that the NFL is recognizing these players and, and giving it to them. It'll be interesting how it impacts, you know, it continues to impact the quarterback salary landscape as the numbers just keep going higher and higher and guaranteed money keeps increasing. Uh, Big Flow Show, quickly, lightning round, man. You see that number come back. You see that the news outlets are highlighting that Nicole Lynn, young black woman in her 30s, was the agent on this deal. And you say what? Your response. Because in this episode of adding insult to injury, I think that this is the flip side of it. It's adding sort of uh, a compliment to a blessing that we we have these two situations happening at once what say you first i want to give a shout out to hurt i mean i think she's obviously capable and i'm sure there's many other uh 
uh, black women that are capable of doing that. So I want to give her the credit for for negotiating. But I want to give a shout out to Hurt because at the end of the day, you know, as people, we got to do for ourselves. And I think when you have an opportunity, you can. And he had every reason and every opportunity to go with the status quo and say, I want to get this, whatever. But he he made the decision to have an all-female team. He made the decision to give an opportunity to all these people um, in this. And quote unquote, you could say risk it, you know, because the safer bet is to say, I'm going to go with one of these traditional agents that's done it before and do whatever and whatever. But I want to give a shout out to him because there's a lot of people who are in positions to do things like this and this, they don't do it. And so we get mad and we can sit back here and be upset. Um, I thought it was wonderful. You know, when I heard this, the, the stat from uh, of all people, Skip Bayless mentioned that uh, there was five of the top seven uh, African-American courts. I'm glad we're making progress and things are starting to switch. But I think that, you know, we're asking people to do things for us. And when we have an opportunity to do, to do for our own, um, oftentimes we pass that up. So I want to give a shout out to her for doing that. Um, shout out to Jalen Hurts, who has been, I think, the model example of overcoming adversity in a space, in a time where the transfer portal is booming. Business is booming in the transfer portal. He waited to be a graduate transfer and what he said fulfilled his commitment at the University of Alabama uh, at a time where as soon as the next recruit come in, recruit comes in that threatens your starting status. Most guys are in that transfer portal. He stayed not one, uh, but really, well, he had one season after he uh, lost the job. He stayed for a full season and was the backup to Tua. I think the overcoming adversity part led to this and, and he sees the moment. I'm a little different on the agent thing and not just for Nicole Lynn. I'm happy for her. Uh, I would have loved it if it was possible for her. She could have just, instead of calling, well, working for Clutch Sports, work for one of, you know, even done it on our own. And I'm biased because I did it for 10 years on my own, my brother and I. And that's the hard way to go about it. So this isn't about her necessarily. It's about just the um, headlines as it pertains to an agent. And then people also now using this as an example for why Lamar Jackson isn't getting his money. Let me just say this. And Nicole Lynn is a phenomenal attorney and deserves respect. But not a single agent, male or female, black or white, tall or short, strong or weak, not a single agent truly negotiates a contract. The way the NFL does it and the way these numbers are slotted, whether it be in the draft, you know what you're going to make, or in free agency at this point based on your overall value and your rank, age, injuries, and all that play into it. The player, and I say this, that I've said it a million times, I said it while recruiting players to be their agent, and I want to be consistent. The player or players negotiate the terms of a deal based on what they go out there and do. Jalen Hurts was worth $255 million because what he went out there and did and how he won and how he led and how he kept his nose clean and wasn't a distraction. So, yes, Nicole Lynn, celebrate you. But just like I've said for the traditional big agencies that has been dominated by white males, I'll say it here. Jalen Hurts negotiated that contract by the way he went out and played. And uh, I'm happy that she's getting the credit for it, but I've, I've been consistent when I've said this because I think that 
the headlines want to make too much about the agent and not about the player. The truth of the matter is, is that Lamar Jackson not having agents should have no bearing whatsoever on getting the deal done. The details on how it gets done, yes, but Lamar Jackson, too, has negotiated his contract by the way he's gone out there and played, the way he has led, the way he's kept his nose clean, the way he has won, although he hasn't won at all, neither has Jalen Hurts yet. Um, he's negotiated his contract, and I think the Baltimore Ravens have hid too long under this fake pretext of because he doesn't have an agent, we can't get a deal done. So I'll say that, not to be Debbie Downer. Shout out to Nicole Lynn. Congratulations on a, a job well done. Let's go home with this, man, because if five of the seven quarterbacks, top quarterback salaries are black quarterbacks, it makes me at least want to have a very brief but meaningful conversation about Brady Quinn's comments when it pertains to CJ's trial. Brady Quinn is a Notre Dame guy, but we are equal opportunities here at the Ball Hog Sports Talk. Everybody going to get this smoke. We do it rough, rugged, and raw, so we can't hold our punches when it's one of our own. Brady Quinn is under fire this week because in an interview or a back and forth with RG3, they're on air, Fox, and he says something to the effect. Uh, he was asked why CJ Stroud's stock is dropping. And while he said favorable things and talked about him as a player, he then went on to say that he had heard a story about how CJ Stroud basically ghosted the Manning football uh, quarterback camp uh, the night before the game or the night before the camp, just didn't show up and did not meet his obligations. It has since been a question and people have vetted it a bit there's more details to it but now brady quinn is sort of on defense because ryan clark espn analyst has taken him to task about saying something disparaging about a black quarterback and so uh he is now uh, being taken to task i know you guys both heard it we've seen it let's just do the quick back and forth do you think brady's quinn's comments were out of bounds because it was it wasn't really vetted. It wasn't 100% true. It did lead to some questions about C.J. Stroud as a leader and his commitment in fulfilling his obligations. And Brady Quinn is now defending himself. Ryan Clark and other players have come out and, and taken tasks with Brady Quinn's comments. Uh, are these the things that lead to this, this age-old belief that black quarterbacks have something missing? It's just something. something's not... Do stories like Brady Quinn, do they add to that? I'll start with you on that one, uh, Big Flow Show. Uh, I'm not going to go there on the racial part of it um, with Quinn. I think he's make. I'm going to go there on, if you're somewhat of a journalist, to, to bring up a rumor that's not vetted and say that I think it's a huge leap to say that at some camp, that is not some official NFL sanctioned camp that he didn't go to a speaking engagement that you have no idea why he didn't go to no idea if he had travel problems. If he's, if the college told him to get back to you have zero idea what's going on to change that and to leap to say that he might not be a leader. I think is very irresponsible. I'm, I'm going to give him, I'm not going to say a pass, but I'm, I don't know enough about him to, to, to put that on him that he did that because he's a black quarterback. I will say that, you know, I have to point out again that, you know, black quarterbacks, although have had scrutiny and have had a lot of hill to climb, shit, top five of the top seven right now, quarterbacks are, are, are black. I think the stigma is slowly slipping away and people are starting to realize that they can play their position. Um, and I don't think Brady Quinn's comment is going to stop him from being drafted. And he's going to be drafted in the, in the first four or five picks. And he's going to have every opportunity to lead a team 
nobody gives a damn what Brady Quinn had to say. So I don't think that that's going to be a thing. But I just think it's irresponsible um, uh, if you're going to be on a major network and you're certain reporting to try to make a, a leap like that. But I'll leave it at that. ETP, I'll let you uh, get final word on the topic. Uh, he has definitely gone on the fire. Ryan Clark and other people, RG3, and there have been several other people that are trying to take him to task and said this is what – these are the little uh, seedlings that people drop that create this not, – not, not call it like a, a dog whistle, but it's the seedlings that, that they drop that then manifest into these narratives that hurt the prospects, in this case, as a draft prospect, CJ – Stroud, but more broadly, they hurt the prospects in terms of signing that big that big free agency deal, being you know looked at as a franchise quarterback. Um, what say you as you as, as you've heard the back and forth? What do you think is it or is this just a a journalist making a mistake arbitrarily? What say you? I don't. I wonder. You know, there's obviously a lot of things that happen behind the scenes and inside information and clearly you know the manning passing academy if there's any issues there you know i i just i guess i just wonder if the conversations are being had behind the scenes before he made this point or if he's trying to actually make something about nothing so if there are concerns this is like you know, reputable reporting that he's coming out and saying, like, these are concerns that people are talking about behind the scenes because he basically, you know, didn't fulfill his commitment to, you know, a highly respected quote unquote institution, you know, affiliated with the NFL. So that part of it, I don't know, but if he's chewing it to try to, you know, kind of, tarnish his image or intentionally tarnish his image i just don't i wouldn't see why there's an incentive on his part to to do that and i'm not sure but you know obviously i think the the challenge is it becomes i think the people that are making these decisions if it's not really anything of substance then just because the public knows about it and they have feelings about it it's not really going to impact his draft status but if there's conversations that are going on behind the scenes that raise those concerns for people then, you know, maybe it's worth reporting on. But I know, I mean, there's plenty of examples like Robert Williams with the Celtics. When he was drafted, he missed a conference call and he missed a flight and all of these things. And now he's, you know, potentially, you know, he's in the, always in the conversation for defensive player of the year in the past couple of years. So, you know, character and the, his nickname is Time Lord as an example. So, you know, as a part of that, I think if, if there's conversations behind the scenes that he's bringing to light, I don't see it as an issue, but if this is something that's going to influence the decision makers in the draft, then I think that, you know, they need to do better due diligence than, you know, Brady Quinn, you know, explaining that he didn't show up to a camp. Fair. Um, shout out to Jalen Hurts. Um, shout out to the quarterbacks that have black quarterbacks that have been able to defy that stereotype that seems to continue to persist um i know brady quinn well enough to think i think he's a good guy as a as just a person i don't know him as a journalist this seems more of a journalistic mistake a shortcoming that you should have vetted that before you said it 
And maybe, again, he's reporting on the rumors that he's heard. And if you've heard it, that means the rumors do exist. And if they do exist, that means there are some personnel people that are making decisions based on those rumors, right, wrong, or indifferent. So it's it's, it's a tough conversation, man, because I do know him personally, Brady, and I think he's a good guy. But I also understand where Ryan Clark, RG3, and other uh, Black journalists are having a, a, an issue digesting why would you even share the rumor, right? Um it was in response to a question of why why C.J. Stroud's stock was dropping. But the more the rumor is shared, the, the, the more it has power. So I'll leave it there. Let's go home on this, man. It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk moment. Each of, each of us get a moment to have the ball. We're in center court. I'll, before I do that, because you mentioned Robert Williams also or always being a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, we talked about the anonymous NBA player poll. Let's give credit to the superlatives. Uh, the defensive player of the year was Jerron Jackson. Shout out to Jerron Jackson. Uh, big game coming up. Let's go. Let's see what you can do against these Lakers. The clutch player of the year, which is a very new thing. First time ever they had that as part of the, the official superlatives uh, was De'Aaron Fox. And the sixth man of the year, Malcolm Brogdon. The coach of the year. Drum roll, please. Coach of the year. Was my cousin, man. <laughs> he calls me from time to time, asks me about some things. My man Mike Brown, yo, cuz, I see it at the family reunion. Mike Brown was the coach of the year. Shout out to the guys who got unanimous. First unanimous, unanimous, coach first ever unanimous coach of the year for what he's doing at Sacktown. Uh, shout out to him, man. All right, now ball call. Ball hog sports talk moment center court. We all get one. Uh, I'm gonna start with I think I started with you last time, Big Floats. So I'll start with ETP. Did I do that right? Yeah. ETP, it's your moment in the sun. Anything ball hog sports talk moment, something that happened in sports business and entertainment throughout the week. Uh, you call it to our attention. You you got the ball in your court, my man. What say you? Uh Big news for DeMar Hamlin. He just was cleared uh, to re-engage in football activity after suffering a heart attack on the court, on the field. Uh, Shout out and to having him, to be resuscitated, you know, just a few short months ago. So, And he says he's going to play. Quick, quick poll, quick poll. If you had a life-threatening injury on the field, would you, would you go back out there? <laughs> I'm going to say hell no. Not just no. Hell to the no, no. I'm not going back out there. Uh, shout out to him, man, for being resilient, tough, and persevering and getting back out there. Big Flow Show, I know you ain't. You break a nail. You ain't going out there. ETP, you going back out there? Like you ain't never died before. You can't remember. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Straight up. That you man also think, you also think Kawhi the toughest in the NBA. So, I mean – I don't understand. Well, I almost died one time when he uh, took too many shots. Like we ain't never died before. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, bro, gets every award known to mankind if he steps his foot back out on the football field. Off off rip. You know. Off rip. Whatever he can qualify for. You're you're, you're whatever, man. You get all the awards. Uh, I don't think I would do it again, to be honest with you. Uh, Big Flo, would you go back out there? Uh, the doctors told me there was a fluke and it was whatever. And I mean, he can work out the rest of his life. I guess I could go back out there for that. Not CP, you go back out there. They clear you. Doctors clear you medically. Would you go back out there? 
it's it's really hard to to say in a vacuum. I mean, there's a lot of factors involved. Obviously, that's what he you know he committed his life to doing it. He wants to be out there. The who knows what the medical risks are at this point. Like I said, if it if they say that it was a complete fluke and there's very little to no chance that that issue could happen again, I don't know. I mean, the question is, would you, you don't sign get the chance. You don't get a chance every day to play. You know, at the highest level of of your sport, so it's hard I to sign, walk away. I absolutely sign. If I'm a decision, if he dies again, you got to sell the franchise, though. That's the thing. If he dies no, again, uh, I, I, no, when you say would you sign him, I'm thinking if he dies again. The 31, 31 <laughs> other teams. Would I sign him as a a, a, a a different team? Yes. Because, man, that's that's the more surprising point. He died. So he doesn't have a bad knee. He died. And y'all, look, I can't all right, so let's ask our audience. We'll leave you guys with this. Please chime in. If you were in DeMar Hamlin's shoes, you had a life-threatening injury, they resuscitated you there on the field, and the entire world, not the entire country, the entire world is celebrating the fact that you are just alive and taking a, a breath, like oxygen, this, the simple exchange of oxygen, we're celebrating that. Would you go back out there and play when the doctors cleared you? And they talked about what he had. It was a really freak accident. You had to hit it the right exact time, right? It I, was, I was a freak that. accident. Yeah, I wouldn't sign up. Would you go back out there and play? Chime in, Ballhawk Sports Talk. Please let us know. Would you go out there and play? Yeah, I think I'm the not- more surprising thing is, or question is, is he going to be signed and put on the field again? Not, not on my team. Great question. I don't know that one. Uh, Big Flow Show. I'm passing the ball to you. Ball hog okay, sports talk moment. The ball's in your court. What you gonna do with your ball hog sports talk moment? I got one thing. I well, two things. First, I want to shout out Deion Sanders. Sold out his spring game. Sold out season tickets. Now all you have left to do is win some football games. He told y'all he was coming with some luggage. He got luggage. Louis. Louis. He got Louis. Gucci. Everybody wants to see what that Louis looks like. So shout out for that. Now all you gotta do is win, D. That's all you got to do, yeah. Is that the hard part or the easy part? I I don't know. I don't know. He made the other two parts of easy. So I don't do that. Hey, thing I want to start here. We got a loyal uh, loyal listener, loyal watcher, uh, Sheldon Jordan. Every week he gives me his his fight picks of the week. Okay. And I've been winning some money. So I want you to post in there who your pick of the week is. He gets you nice picks, odds, parlays, put. $100, $100, pay you $400, that type of good type of stuff. It's good worked stuff. for me. I want it to work for y'all. So we're going to start it this week. Sheldon, post your pick of the week. You already sent it to me secret. I'm going to let you post it out there. So I'm putting you on pressure to watch the end of the show every week so I can put you All right, so that, I hope he at least talks about, because my ball hawk sports talk moment is the fact that you got Tank Davis uh, fighting against Ryan Garcia, and it feels like boxing is back. For the last several weeks, we've seen some good fights. We got another fight coming up, what, uh, uh, in a few weeks, uh, like the Crawford fight. There's a lot of fights right now that it feels like boxing is back. So my ball hawk sports talk moment is simply this. Welcome back, boxing. Post your pick, Shelton Jordan, True Food. Post your pick so our ball hawk sports talk world, our community, can go ahead and place one of them bets, man. Who is it going to be? It's going to be Tank Davis. It's going to be Ryan Garcia. The whole world will be watching. It's going to be a fight of all fights. This is one of the ones. I love me some Tank Davis. He definitely sells some tickets. He sells some pay-per-views. 
He's a good fighter. Does he win? 50-50 fight, but I took Ryan Garcia by knockout. TKO, $100, get your $490 back. You got Tank Davis falling. Oh, man. You heard it here first. Ball. I don't disagree with you much, Shelton. I disagree with you on this one, man. I, got, <laughs> I can't go against Tank. Let's go, Tank. Uh, make sure that you win that fight, my brother. Uh, this has been the Add Insult to Injury episode of the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. We've talked about NBA playoff. We've talked about NHL. We've talked about some NFL stuff. We talked about boxing. We talked about something from every area of sports business entertainment where some businessmen get together to discuss sports in an entertaining fashion. And with that, we is out. Peace.